1: guys Macy McNeely here I was really inspired by honestly a Saturday morning Uh, I was uh, to do this message based on what happened on a Saturday morning I was sitting in bed and I was having my Saturday morning coffee and I was headed to the Food Network I don't know if you watch the Food Network but Saturday morning Food Network is where it's at okay it's the best and when I turned the TV on, the first thing that popped up was uh, like the local Saturday news and the headline caught my attention just like the news does, right? Remember the, the human brain is always looking for things that bring them pleasure, that uh, scare them and that make things easy. So the reason the, the brain is looking for things that scare, that scare it, that startle it. Is so it knows what to stay away from, which is why the news is so good at pointing out all the things that scare you uh, because they know that that's what the brain is really drawn to and what you're going to be looking at. And so this headline scared me. It caught my attention and I stayed on to finish watching the segment because I needed to know what was going on. And in fact, I not only watched uh, the segment, but then later I looked it up online because I just needed to read more about it. The headline said Airline pilots say that COVID 19 is to blame for feeling rusty and having in flight errors. Okay. And when I, I just was kind of watching it and they interviewed a guy named Sully Sullenberg. He is, uh, and I'll, I'll tell, talk about him a little bit more in just a second. Uh, but when I was reading about it, I was reading some quotes of what some of the pilots said. They did an anonymous survey with pilots, uh, that said that after only having three months off, just three months, they felt rusty in the air. So a pilot said in one instant, it took a pilot three tries to get a passenger jet touched down successfully on a windy day. Another pilot reported damaging parts of a towing vehicle after pulling the jet away from an airport gate before disengaging the parking brake. Uh, Another guy said that he forgot to activate the plan's anti-icing mechanism. And although the plane safely completed its flight officers admitted that they were rusty after not flying in just a few months. I'm like, just a few months, right? These pilots go through extensive training, not only to know how to fly a plane, but also to become a pilot for a certain company. I know uh, I have a friend whose husband is a Delta pilot and he, uh, I was really good friends with her when he was going through the training. And I just remember her telling me all about how intense the training was and how it took so much time and so much energy and so much effort. And they spend, you know, so much of their life's work of their career of, uh, to be a great pilot and to obsess over this profession. And just out after 90 days, 90 days being out of the game for just um, a quarter, they were forgetting things and they were becoming rusty. What really caught my eye the most, truthfully, is when uh, when the headlines said, pilots blame COVID. Pilots blame COVID for this. And of course, you know, here at Guide Culture, we're always all about taking personal responsibility and extreme ownership. And so that bothered me. I'm like, no, it's not, it's not COVID's fault, right? It's your fault for not keeping up with your skill. And coming back to the guy, Sully Sullenberg, he is the pilot who uh, successfully landed his plane um, after birds flew into the engine and the jets. He successfully landed it in the Hudson River and saved everybody on the plane. And so they were interviewing him and they said, hey, Sully, you know, what should they have done? And and Sully kind of called them out. He said, you know, they should be studying. They should be staying in the game. They should be very, very prepared. There's really no excuse for 90 days to make pilots feel Rusty, and I just loved that he said that. And I, I, I encourage you to learn about Sully Solenberger. Uh, he has a, just an incredible story, uh, and it just made me like him even more. And so I, I kind of tra- changed the ta- channel. I read a little bit about this, and I started to think. You know, you start to have like the the thoughts when you're driving and you're walking and you're about to fall asleep. And I started to think about all these careers that require continuing education of some sort. And I mean even my husband is in insurance and I, you know I wouldn't say that's a, like a super intense career like a doctor where you know you're saving people's lives but even he has to have continuing education to keep his license to be able to continue what he does. And most of these these continuing education, if you don't do the continuing education, not only can you not, no longer work or practice, but you have to go back through school from the very beginning and start all over again. I mean, doctors, dietitians, teachers, it's a, it's a huge deal to be able to have your continuing education. Information. I know my sister, she's a PA in dermatology and there are days, I feel like quite often that she's like, Hey, I got to go do in continuing ed- education. And it's usually like a con, I mean, not recently, but in the past, it's been a big conference and she used to go to town and stay overnight. And it's not a small little test or a small little deal. It's, it's quite a big deal to get this, this education continued. And I was just thinking about like our careers as entrepreneurs and business owners and, and on online doing online things and i'm just like wow like wow it's so great that these people have an organized system to be held accountable right an organized system to be held accountable but as a business owner as an entrepreneur you are really not held accountable to really have any continuing education at all. And I know it can be so easy to get distracted with so many things going on as a business owner that you feel like you need to focus on that more education. You're just like, okay, that's actually the last thing I have time for, especially as you start to grow and you start to see some traction, you start to see those sales come in, you start to build a team and you start to see, you know, things kind of being taken off of your plate and you're able to do things that you really love, whether it's to be creative or to make... New products or um, to play with different marketing strategies, which is awesome. It might almost, almost possibly feel like a burden to go and continue to learn and to continue to get that continued education. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that continuing education and learning all the time, that it's easy, right? It's actually very, very hard. It's hard work to take in new information and then to apply it to your business. It, It takes effort. It takes being uncomfortable. And when things are going well, or when things feel like they're being very, very smooth, it's like, why would you? Why would you go and rock the boat, go and learn something new and implement something new when whatever you're doing right now is working? And I have some really interesting information I'm going to share with you in just a second about why it cannot be an option to not continue your education and continue learning and continue keeping up your skills at all times. Because just like these pilots, in just 90 days, they were rusty. In just 90 days... They lost their skill, and now they're back. They've gone backwards, right? When you pause in your learning, when you are at a standstill, you don't, you don't stand still. You don't pick up where you left off. You actually slide backwards. And as a business owner, you have a lot of responsibility you have possibly a team, you have clients that are counting on you, relying on you, and it cannot be an option. And I don't care what you're learning in, whether it's marketing or whether you're upping your sales skills, or your leadership skills, or your communication skills, or, or you're really leaning into your expertise of whatever you are uh, teaching or whatever you're doing. You're leaning into that. That's great. It should honestly be a little bit of everything throughout the year. You should have focused times where you're growing your education in each category, But deciding deciding that you will always be investing in yourself to get better is really not an option. And if you've been here a while, you know how we feel about the word decide. If you break down the word decide, c i d e it stands it means to kill, right? Like homicide means to kill and d is to get rid of. So it literally means to get rid of every other option but the one thing you've made the decision on. And so when we say, "Hey, make a decision," it's not it's not lightly. It's like you, it's almost scary that you make this decision, and there is literally no other option but to do what you've made the decision on. I know Loy will uh, come into the office, and we'll be talking to him and say, "Hey, we've made a decision. This is what we're going to do," and he'll he'll make a comment like, "You go, you know, you girls scare me when you start making decisions because it's that serious. Like truly, it really, really is, and you can't really wait until your business." isn't where it needs to be. Or you can't wait until you're a little rusty to be like, oh, I need to actually brush up on my skill. You can't, you cannot wait to that point. It, it's too late. It's way too late. I mean, these guys are in the air flying human beings with families and they're saying, Hey, it's a l- I'm a little rusty. It's too late at that point. They should have been reading, brushing up on their skill and taking personal responsibility of their career of what they do so that when they do come back three months later, they are ready to do be their absolute best. And sometimes, sometimes I think in the in the business world, entrepreneur world, we think of investing in ourselves so that we can make money, right? Investing for an ROI, which obviously like who doesn't want to make an ROI and who doesn't want to, you know, have exponential growth uh, based on the investments that they make. But I think that that mindset is, is off. I, th- I really, really do. I think average people, truthfully, I think average people work on themselves just to make money. Like they, that's what the cause and effect that they want immediately. I think the best The best of the best, they work on themselves so that they can be the best that they can be. The best know that the ROI is coming. Is it coming tomorrow? Is it coming next month? Or is it coming in 10 years? I'm not really sure. But what I do know is that the best work on themselves to simply be the absolute best that they can be. The best know that they were meant to be great for the greater good. Not just for themselves, not just for their business, not just to make some extra money, not just to live the life they want, but they know that they were meant to be great for the greater good. And honestly, for the kingdom of God, in my opinion, the best are thinking, are thinking so much more, so much more than what it means to be great for their life, but what impact their journey to greatness has on others. They're thinking so much more than what it just means to be great for their life, but what the impact of their journey to greatness has on others. They are working for the greater good of others to serve others better. They are working on themselves so they can benefit others. They're not working on themselves so that they can make more money and have that quick ROI and just, you know, be able to go stay on the beach. They are working on themselves to benefit others. That is the purpose of working on themselves. They know that it is about their legacy and it is not necessarily about their paycheck or or like I said, the ROI of working on themselves. It is about the legacy it is so much bigger. The best make greatness a life mission. It's not a business mission. It's a life mission. If there's anything I could just encourage you as a business owner is to really think about what you do is so much bigger and so much more and with so much more heart than just, Hey, what's the, what's the money going to look like? What's the money? And, and I'm, I'm on coaching calls all the time. Right. And I can look in someone's eyes and I can see the intensity in their eyes. And I know they are focused on the money. They are focused on what the ROI is. They are not trying to be great so that they can help others. And what's the the best part of that is that when you have that shift in your heart and in your mind of thinking, hey, how can I serve people better? What can I do to better myself to be able to help other people win? When that shift happens, you can you can't even imagine the money that will come. You can't even imagine. But that cannot be the heart, that cannot be the drive, that cannot be the reason that you are investing in things to continue growing and to continue learning. I was reading a story about a coach who trains um, players out of college to hopefully be in the NFL, and the story about him was um, was a story about how once his players got A contract for the NFL, he told them all the same thing. And I'm going to read to you what uh, is like a little quote of what he tells his players. Once they get a contract for the NFL, he says, don't focus on the contract and the money. The best are driven by something bigger. It can't be about the contract. That's not what drives the best to be the best. The best are driven by a bigger purpose, and this purpose fuels them. The best are the most energized when they are using their gifts and talents for a purpose beyond themselves. You can see it in their eyes and in their passion and enthusiasm for the game and the way they play on the field and the way they carry themselves off of the field. Money does not create that kind of energy. Purpose does. Sure, money might make you perform well in the short term, but it won't inspire you to be the best and strive for greatness over the long term. Average players are motivated by the paycheck. The great ones are inspired to leave a legacy, and that doesn't just apply to football, it applies to every job in the world. We just had a call with um our copy coach that we work with. And she made a comment like, you know, making money is actually very boring and making a lot of money is actually very boring because what it takes is being consistent in the mundane things. It takes being consistent in one product that is really, really good and that you can scale and that you can repeat the same message over and over and over and over and over again. And it's it's boring, right? And the people that are motivated by the money, by the paycheck, they will fizzle out by the mundane, the mundane will will make them lose their spirit and lose that energy. But the people that are inspired to leave that legacy and to serve people because they know they have something so incredibly powerful, they're ready to go do the boring things, to not be distracted by the shiny objects, and to be head down, focused on getting better over time. And this is what I want for you. This is what I want for our students. This is what I want for our listeners, that everyone would think about investing in themselves for the rest of their lives. I don't care where you do it. I really don't. But they do this so that they can be the best for the people in their lives and not just for your customers, though, for your friends, for your family, for your kids, for your spouses. Not doing this for the next paycheck, because remember, average people work on themselves for that paycheck, but doing it for the legacy. This should be a non negotiable. And if I could tell you anything, it would be to stop making this a, is stop making this an option of hey, should I work on myself and start making it a non-negotiable? I think you will find that with this mentality, when you do invest in yourself, you will win even more inside of the investment because your heart and your mindset are right. I can tell the difference between the people who come into guide culture because they want to be a better leader because they want to be a stronger influence and they want to communicate better to inspire people towards a mission and a vision. And I can tell the people who come in because they are just trying to make a buck. It is so obvious. I can tell within the first couple of minutes of just talking to somebody where their heart is. And I can tell you that the people who win in guide culture is the, is the first one, the one who come because they want to be, be a better leader and they want to be the best so they can serve people better. They win inside of the investment so much more than the people who come just to make a quick buck. And while guide culture can absolutely help you do that, make you some money, 100%, the skill, the heart, the mindset, all the things you learn will absolutely do that. What I can tell you is that the long-term benefit of guide culture and the long-term benefit of any investment is having the right heart, attitude, and mindset going into each investment that you make. So guys, I hope that this inspired you to be the best you can possibly be and and really enjoy that journey. The journey to becoming the best you can be is the best part of it. And really thinking about how you're impacting so many people more so than anything else. Go focus on your legacy uh, and just enjoy the journey because that is the best part. Hey, if you are a guide culture graduate, one of the best, in my opinion, best ways to stay in the game and stay investing in yourself and stay really on the right track to growing the, the skills that you need to be your best. Academy is actually opening on the 25th. We only open 30 spots uh, each quarter and they will, they will go. So uh, if this is something that you have kind of been thinking about, if it's something that, you know, maybe you just graduated guide culture Maybe it's been a while since you've been in guide culture. Regardless of where you're at, Academy is an amazing container to really have that heart and that mindset of like, hey, I'm here to invest in myself to be the best. That's really what these students are are like inside of Academy. And I think that that's a great environment to be able to be in so that it can kind of rub off on you and you can stay in that place. I know it can be hard to stay in that place and stay in that mindset. And Academy is an awesome container to be able to do that. If you don't know what Academy is, it is an ongoing container to be able to keep up with your guide culture skills. So there's content every month of going deeper into your sales skills, but also what I think is probably the the best part is the bi-monthly group calls. And then also you have options to do one-on-one 20 minute calls to be able to get some reps in and some coaching in very specifically for you. There's Slack channel. It's very, uh, I, I would say it's a high touch container so that you can have a place where you can grow to be your absolute best and focus on that legacy. So thursday the 25th is when it opens 30 spots only they will go super quick so definitely put it on your calendar and uh, we can't wait to welcome you into the academy family
0: thank you so much for listening and we hope this episode encouraged you in your journey come join us over at the winner's circle facebook group of online entrepreneurs who are winning the game of life the link is down in the show notes we'll see you there